Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts, my name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so this story is also a request from Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. That's my boyfriend's sister. Oh, okay. Uh, I wasn't not, sure what Caitlin we were talking about. We, we have many Caitlins in my life. We have several. Um, but yeah, so thank you for requesting, Caitlin. So let's jump right in. This case takes place in Springfield, Missouri, which is about three and a half hours from here. My brother actually lived there for a little bit, and he met my now sister-in-law there, and she actually grew up there her whole life, and I also have a bunch of family down in Springfield, too. So, pretty connected with it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have any family that lives down there, um, but I have some friends. Yeah. I have many ties to that place. That's the word I was looking for. I have many ties to Springfield. This case took place on June 6th of 1992. It all began at Missouri State University, where 19-year-old Susie Strader and 18-year-old Stacy McCall were attending their high school graduation ceremony. They were graduating from Kickapoo High School. Following their graduation, Susie said that she wanted to be like her mother, who was a hairdresser, and Stacy was planning on attending Missouri State University. Their friends all said that they were both so fun and happy and just a joy to be around. When the ceremony ended, both girls went off with their families to attend a celebratory dinner. Later that night, the pair met back up at a party at their friend's house. According to Stacy's mom, both girls were really good friends when they were in grade school. But like most young friendships, they ended up growing apart because they had migrated to different crowds. It is said that Stacy was hanging out with a more goofy, laid-back crowd, while Susie was popular and had the whole date-the-bad-boy thing going for her. They had originally intended on going to Branson, Missouri, which, for the non-local listeners, is a Christian version of Las Vegas, smack dab in the middle of the Midwest. The Christian version of Las Vegas? It literally, I, I swear... I would not describe it that way. No, 100%. <laughs> I, will, I will die on this hill. This is the family-friendly Las Vegas. It is... Every state has a Branson. Well, none of them are as good. Okay. Listen. Okay. I, I, I don't want to argue with you I about love, it. I love Branson, Missouri so much. I know. Um, That's why every time Silver Dollar City posts a TikTok, I send it to you. I, and whoever is running their PR marketing team, I, I want to be their friend. I want that job. Um, but, yes. So, I just, I don't know. It's a lot of shows and stuff it's, like that. It's your, it's your state tourist attraction. Like, it's, it's not bad. But it's not great. It's amazing. It's Don't just listen a place to, to go on vacation. There are a lot of like shows based around being rednecks. Christian. Christian rednecks. Christian rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally in Branson in October and I went to the Pumpkin Festival at Silver Dollar City and I went to see the Presley's Country Jubilee and I was definitely the youngest person there. <laughs> Because I kid you not. That makes sense uh, to me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the highlight of some senior um I guess like 
maybe there's like a senior group that goes on like tours or whatever because there was a whole busload of old people coming in with matching Mm t-shirts i want to be them when i grow up however (laughs) i ian probably on the beach when i grow up i don't want to go to france (laughs) i i love it i want to go back so bad it makes me so happy like it it literally cured my depression for a good two months i swear like it was just like i will say that is true I will give you that. It's that trip did really turn your life around. It did. And it was like, I was like, my face hurt because I was smiling so much. So. Even um, in the rain. Yeah. And I gave myself a cold because I refused to hunker down in a shop while it started pouring down rain at Silver Dollar City. And I didn't have an umbrella. Sorry, Dad. I didn't get a poncho like you told me to be prepared for it. Didn't do any of that. Um, didn't bring enough pairs of shoes or socks. And um, definitely got sick after that, but it was well worth it because I got my little um, my little Christmas ornament that had all of our names on it. And it just, I felt like in that moment, I had my life complete and together. Anyway, I could literally, we could have an entire podcast about how much I love France and Missouri, but. I just don't think it, I just don't think you should relate it to Vegas. I don't think it's anything like Vegas. The only reason I say it's not because of the gambling. The only reason I equate it to Vegas is because it's literally like Vegas, other than the gambling, is known for their shows. And I'm sure that every state does have this. But like, I don't, I don't know of another place that's like has so many shows that you can just like, you know go see performers and I I mean it probably just because we haven't been to these places but I've been to like 36 states for vacation and Vegas and Branson were the only ones that were like known for having like shows to go to and watch other than like Mall of America had like the mall or whatever um or like Florida had like their beaches Vegas has their shows I don't know that's why I that's why I okay. call it I, that. I can see the relation between the shows, but I was very confused where we were going before that. Yeah, not the gambling. There is no gambling in the Christian Vegas of the Midwest. But what was I saying after I went on that tangent about how much I love Branson, Missouri? And I'm if not you're... sure. I'm not sure where we got here. Well, okay. I, I found my part. Uh, unfortunately, they decided to forego their Branson trip as I they did. I also forego my Branson trip. <sighs> I say that with love, but I just would. It's okay. I will never invite you. We'll go somewhere else. You can invite me. I would go for you, but, like, if Darian ever said, hey, let's go on a trip. Where do you want to go? I would never say Branson. I would go on my honeymoon to Branson. I love Vegas. I really like Vegas, but Branson is more attainable. Um, I wouldn't go to Vegas either is the thing. I love Vegas. Neither of these places would be my choice. Are you a mountain person? You want to go to, like, Tennessee or something? I mean, I would go to Tennessee. I've never, I've driven through the Smoky Mountains, but I've never been to like any of the touristy places. But I am more of like a go on a nature place. Where did you go on yours? I don't remember. Huh? Where did you go on your honeymoon? We didn't go on honeymoon. We went, oh. a year later, we went to the Bahamas on a cruise. Oh, I remember that. Okay. Um, and we, that's actually the only time that I've been through the Smoky Mountains. We had to drive to Charleston, South Carolina. But okay. like, I want to go to... The Grand Canyon. I want to go to Yellowstone. You've never been there? I've never been to Grand Canyon. Um, I've been to like similar places. 
Yeah, I don't. But I want to take. I want. I've been to Yellowstone, but Darian hasn't been to Yellowstone. I'd love to go there. I would love to go to like Seattle, see whales. I would love to go to Alaska. I would see the Smoky Mountains. I'm not as interested in the Smoky Mountains because I feel like they would be similar to the Ozark Mountains, which I know they're better than the Ozark Mountains, but I feel like it's like more of a similar vibe than the Rocky Mountains, which I've seen the Rocky Mountains, but he hasn't. I have not seen any of those. The Rocky Mountain Range. Okay, yeah, we drove through a lot of mountains. That those are the Rocky Mountains. Okay, okay. Uh, however, they decided to forego the Branson trip as they didn't want to leave the party early because they were having fun with their friends. Around nine p.m., Stacy called her mom to let them know that their plans had changed. And honestly, her mom was actually pretty excited because she was really nervous that they were going to get in some sort of accident if they had driven all the way to Branson that late at night. Around thirty minutes after Stacy called her mom, Susie then called her mother Cheryl to let her know that their plans had also changed. Shortly after she got off the phone with her daughter, Cheryl called her friend to discuss what she was doing for the rest of the night. She was planning on finishing a piece of furniture for her bedroom that she had been refinishing. So then Stacy and Susie had planned on spending the night at their friend Janelle's house, but a lot of Janelle's family who lived out of town was staying at her house because they came to attend her graduation. So the two girls, Stacy and Susie, decided that they would just go to Susie's house instead. Once they had came to this plan, the party and the party was over for both girls, they left to go to Susie's house, but took their own separate cars. They said they would call Janelle in the morning to catch up with her because they planned on going to a water park together. However, unfortunately, the next morning, around 9am, Janelle still hadn't heard from either of her friends, so she decided to give them a call. However, they did not answer their phone, so she called them multiple times, and still, after not hearing back from them, she got her boyfriend to drive over to their house to see if maybe they'd left already. Now, this is where it's a little unclear as to whether they went alone before Stacy's mom or if they met her there, but from what I read, I believe that they got there around the same time. When they got to the house, they noticed that all three of the cars, including Susie's mom, Cheryl's car, were still in the driveway. When they went to go knock on the door, they noticed that the porch light had been shattered. This part is not very smart because after Janelle saw the mess of glass covering the porch, she thought that Susie's mom might be upset if she saw the damage. So she decided to clean up the porch. But it's as also we... not safe to have shattered glass everywhere. Right. Which, I mean, I get it. But like now, like looking back, it's right. like, that's right. not very good. I know. She probably regrets it. But... Right. Well, yeah, I'm sure. Because we now know that if you come upon a scene that you think might not be very good, you shouldn't touch anything. So as she swept up all the shards of glass and threw them in the dumpster... Little did she know she was actually tampering with evidence of a crime scene. This was when they went inside to the home as the door was unlocked. Upon entering, they had found out that no one was home. However, their bathroom had been recently used and both beds appeared as if somebody had been sleeping in them. They went to look through the rest of the house when their dog, named Cinnamon, who belonged to Cheryl, started freaking out. They also noticed that Susie and Cheryl both left their cigarettes and lighters, which I guess was uncommon for both of them because it was made a note. Previously, Janice had continually called the house trying to find her daughter, but to no avail. This was really worrying her because Stacy promised to call her before she even went to the water park. She was very concerned and went to the house. When she got there, this was when she noticed something was very wrong. The TV was still on and fuzzy. All of their purses were still neatly placed outside of Susie's room, and Janice said that her daughter's clothes from the previous night were folded on the bed. 
However, there were some things missing. Janelle described the house as an as immaculate, no signs of struggle or anything like that. When Janice opened up their purses to go through them, she found a deposit for almost $900. She also noticed she also noted that Cheryl is a chain smoker and her cigarettes were still there like their friends had noticed. Janice said that she didn't really think it was an emergency enough to call 911 because she thought that they were going to walk back in at any minute. So while they were there waiting for them to return, they decided to do the worst possible thing, which is clean up. They were cleaning coffee cups, emptying ashtrays, somebody even repaired a window blind that was bent out of place, all the while their phone started ringing. Janelle answered it thinking it was maybe her friends, um, not thinking anything of it. She found out that it was actually like some weird dude that had called and started making really gross comments. So she thought it was a prank call and hung up, but right when she hung up, he called back again saying the same stuff. They really didn't think much of this, thinking it was really just some kid playing a prank. But still, they're getting this phone calls. This time, they let the answering machine get it, thinking it was maybe one of the girls. But again, it was a stranger making lewd sexual comments. Everyone thinks still it is a prank call. And Jana said that someone hit the delete button, or she believes possibly they did it by accident. She doesn't know, but she just knows somehow it was erased. As the night continues, with no word from the girls, concern turns into panic. That's when Janice made the 911 call to the Springfield Police Department to report her daughter as missing. The police ended up filing a missing persons report and asked Janice to stop by the police station in the morning and bring Stacy's dental records with her. According to the Springfield Police Sergeant Todd King, quote, it's three grown women that just disappeared one person, maybe something like that, you could just sit back and go, okay, I can see that. Two people are difficult to imagine, and three is almost unfathomable. Yeah, like, for real. I mean... In thin air. Could I mean, you'd almost have to have six people to take three grown women. You know right. what I mean? Especially with no sign of struggle. Exactly. Because, like, I don't know, that just... Yeah, it's literally hard to imagine because it's like, how would you get in and out of the house with nobody seeing you? How would you get in and out of the house with none of the girls screaming? How would you get in and out of the house without alerting the other girls that are in the house? Like, what about the dog Cinnamon? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there are a lot of things that are like, wait, what's going on? Right. But yes, I agree with the cleaning. Um, it's unfortunate. They must have been decently close friends if they just felt like they should start washing the dishes. I don't feel like that's my initial instinct whenever I go to people's homes. I, I think Janelle may have been. Um, I know that they said that the two had, like, grown apart a little bit and weren't as close as they were, but, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't know. It's hard because, like, you know, Janelle was probably bummed. She was like, oh, dang, my friends went to the water park without me. But, like, there's no way to contact them. Right. It's yeah, cell phones. so different than, like, our experience now because, like, I mean... If you went to the water park without me, I would be like, um, excuse me, that was rude. What are you doing? Where are you? Where am I supposed to meet you? Look at my, you know I mean? my find my friend location. Exactly. Like exactly. I would be able to see where you are. And like, if you didn't answer me, first off, I would be like, okay, she probably slept in. Second. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I probably did. Second, like if you really did not respond, like I feel like I would be able to know with like, some sort of certainty, like, way sooner than they did because they Mm -hmm. were waiting for them to come home all day when they were expecting them to be gone all day. Right. So, like, of course they didn't call first thing 
in the morning or even at noon because if you're going to pay to go to the water park, you're going to be at the water park all day long. Right. You know? Right. And it's just like, it's hard. It's just like a totally different situation than what it would be like today. Yeah. And I think that they did have like cell phones in the 90s. I know they had cell phones in the 90s. I know not everyone had a cell phone in the 90s. But like now it's like, okay, if it's been eight hours... If I haven't picked up my phone in eight hours, I am... Something's wrong. Yeah. You better (laughs) call two women that have a true crime podcast because it's... Something is very much off, but... um, And hunt down your if I go missing file. Right. (laughs) I still need to finish that. But clearly the police, very like right off the bat, knew something happened and they suspected foul play. They went to the house treating it like a crime scene, but unfortunately, like we said, it was completely contaminated as it had been cleaned up and ran through by others earlier. This left nothing. No blood, no hair, no DNA, no evidence. This includes the phone call that was deleted off of the answering machine. I feel like all involved, and especially Stacy's mom, probably to this day still tear themselves up over what they did, but they also clearly had absolutely no idea that this is what it was going to turn into. Right. And hopefully this helps people realize that if you come upon something that doesn't seem quite right, just leave it exactly how it is. And like we've said in previous episodes, this goes along with anything. Yeah, somebody might think you're crazy, but it's always better to be safe than sorry. If you come across a situation that doesn't sit right with you, it's better to call the authorities, even if you call the non-emergency hotline and just let them know, rather than thinking everything is fine and unknowingly destroying all the crucial evidence. Yeah, I think that's hard, though, because, like, I agree, and obviously that's the right thing to do, but at least for Janelle, when she walks up on the porch and the lights shattered, she was like, oh, all the cars are in the driveway, we're getting ready to go to the water park. She wasn't thinking, Right. you know what I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was like, oh, everybody must have slept in because I haven't heard from them. Oh my gosh, somebody was rowdy last night and broke this lamp. Let me clean up the glass so her mom doesn't get mad. Right. Like, I don't think that she was, I don't think at that point anything bad had crossed her mind. No, and but I will say if I walked into, like, if I walked into your house and the door was unlocked and all of your stuff was there and all the cars were there and you guys were nowhere to be found. Sure, but that's when I would start. up first. Right, I'm but saying. But then once they got inside and they were cleaning everything, that's kind of odd. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, the porch light... I get that. Maybe um, Cheryl was, like, a clean freak. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like... Or just would have been mad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That probably makes more sense. But um, knowing that all their stuff is there, and especially since they were, like, chain smokers and their cigarettes and their IDs and their purses and all that stuff, that's that's when I would be like, okay, let's, you know, try to figure this out. But police did end up searching, basically, their entire house. They did note that they found some odd things on a bookshelf in Susie's room about devil worship and satanic stuff. Oh, okay. They assumed that she had been looking or dabbling into it. Not but a I, fan. Well, I will say that this was during the time of the, of the satanic panic, so who knows what they really found or if it was satanic in the first place. Um, the satanic panic. I don't know what that means. The satanic panic was like a movement where it was very much like if you dressed alternative, you were most definitely in the laws or in the eyes of other people, like sacrificing babies, you know, like it it was like a, it was an over where it was kind of like a fear mongering thing where it's like, okay, like all your teenagers that are listening to metal music, 
they're actually worshiping Satan and they're doing bad things, you know? So who knows really um, what they found, you know, yeah. uh, or if it was connected to it. But Susie's ex-boyfriend had also been arrested for grave robbing. But okay. according to Susie's friends. Not a fan of that either. No, that that is messed up. Um, according to Susie's friends, the fact that they had done this horrified her. And that was the reason she broke up with him. So good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently they were taking gold teeth out of the corpses, which is disgusting. That is, that is not even remotely what I thought they were doing. Did you think they were like doing weird stuff with the bones or something? No, like, you know, sometimes when people, when people are buried, they're like, oh, bury me with my grandpa's watch. You know what I mean? Oh, like and jewelry. So, yeah. I was just thinking that they were going to be like plucking a ring off their finger, which I don't like, which we talked about at the last episode mm-hmm. but i definitely didn't think they'd be pulling things out of their mouth right that's yeah. absolutely horrific yeah i will say though that you probably should stop burying jewelry with your loved ones because that is i mean that's a very common thing i don't want to say common i don't know how common it is but i know people I do just, that a lot i know that that's a thing that happens from time to time i just can't understand how do you dig a hole six foot deep and then hoist a casket out of the ground and get it open and do all of that in the span of overnight time where nobody sees you. And then you put it all back and then well, they're... cover up the ground. Like, I don't understand how that would work. I don't know because I don't I don't know about the 90s, but I know now um, I'm a member of the Order of Good of the Good Death. So I went through a phase. I have absolutely no idea what that is. It's a very, like... It's a very, I don't want to say a pro-death community, but it's, like, very much people talk about nursing homes and, and like, not nursing homes. People talk about funeral homes and, like, how, you know, 100 years ago, people had their funerals, like, in their living room. Mm-hmm. And, like, embalming, not really the best route. Mm-hmm. It's not very good for the planet. Um, but I know now, because people get embalmed, they not only have them in a casket, they have them in that huge, like, metal thing. Right. So, I don't know. That's I don't know how saying. they do that. Like, I don't understand because, and, like, the, either the metal thing or the casket or both is, like, supposed to be completely sealed. Mm-hmm. Which I know that the, the seal breaks and, like, I've seen some documentaries about people who had to get, like, pulled back up for DNA mm-hmm. testing or whatever. I don't remember what the documentary was, but... You know, I understand that the metal thing is not perfect, but the idea is that it's sealed, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure the casket is also supposed to be, like, locked, Mm -hmm. so it's just so confusing to me, unless people are only digging up graves that are super old, but, like... How old is is gold teeth, though? Have they been using that for a long time? I have absolutely no idea, but, like... The cemetery in Troy that I think of is, like, the one by your parents' house. Mm -hmm. And I used to live behind there. And I just cannot imagine that somebody could go in there, dig up a plot, (laughs) get somebody out of there, get their stuff off of them, put everything back, and get out of there before the morning came and nobody noticed. You know what I mean? I am wondering, though... um... I'm just confused at how that works. Well, I, I know I that it happens. It, no, I could see it being more 
realistic if it was like there is like one mausoleum there. Mm-hmm. That would make a lot more sense. I don't know how they did this. Yeah, it's just I know, like how would you dig up a casket? Right, and I was gonna say, of course, I literally know where this is, but I was gonna say I know in like Louisiana, they bury all their people above ground. Mm-hmm. But this is Springfield. Right. So this is Springfield. Springfield's gonna do the same thing we do. Exactly. And why well, I, I just I just went to a funeral in um by Branson in Hollister, Missouri. And I mean their funeral home their not funeral home. Their cemeteries are exactly the same. So yeah. um I'm just confused. Yeah, I don't know. That is weird. I'm gonna be <laughs> you know what? <laughs> if anybody looks at my search history, it's just gonna be bad because I'm most definitely gonna Google how grave robbing works after this um for research purposes yeah well like i said i know that it happens i've heard of it many times obviously it's just always been something that's confused me yeah i don't i don't know i don't know it, i think it takes a special kind of sicko to do that oh 100 percent. so but also i don't understand the logistics <laughs> no, but good for her for dumping him for being a yucky person. Icky. I wonder, can we look up where he is now? Because he has to be a sociopath if he's willing to pull teeth out of a dead body. Uh, I didn't see a name. Bonus episode, please. I didn't see a name listed, but Dang. I will look it up after this and see if he's please, in prison. Please, 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 because I need a bonus episode. <laughs> um, T. Um, according to former chief assistant prosecutor... There was a theory that Susie was one of the ones that turned in her boyfriend and got him and his friends charged with the grave robbing. She should have. Right. Like, uh, people also said that she was supposed to testify against her ex-boyfriend and his friends. Oh, I see where this is going. Right. It was a few months away from the time that they all went missing. So there was suspicion that the two were connected. The police did track down her ex and... He denied having any involvement in her disappearance. Unfortunately, since there was no DNA or evidence or fring- fingerprints or anything from the house, they were unable to link her ex and his friends to this case. Even if they had been involved, they were all cleared. At this point, it had been two weeks since Stacy, Susie, and Cheryl's disappearance. Um, did they, I mean, we had fingerprinting technology, right? Oh, Yeah. Why couldn't they, like, check the doorknobs and things like that? Um, so they probably could have checked the doorknobs. However, from what it sounded like, there was people coming in and out. So any oh, fingerprints okay. would have been... Yeah, would have been covered up by more fingerprints. Right. I got you. Um, but two weeks since their disappearance, there was finally a break in the case. Oh, okay. Someone had called in and reported to seeing Susie driving a van. The girl who called in said that The morning Susie went missing, she saw her driving an older green van. Sergeant Todd King said this van was seen two miles from Cheryl and Stacy's house. The tipper also said that she heard a male voice yelling at Susie from the back seat and that Susie looked scared. She believes she heard the male voice saying something like, quote, you better keep driving if you know what's good for you, end quote, or something like that. That's a lot to, like, hear from the street. Right. Which... Who knows? Not saying that that didn't happen. I'm just saying. But the police did take this new information and they stopped a bunch of vans that matched the description and ID'd everyone driving them. They went so far to find a similar looking van and parked it out front of the police station thinking it's possible that if they saw it, it would help someone. If they saw it, it would help remind someone else of the same thing that they saw, 
But unfortunately, this too was a dead end with no leads. Bummer. It went cold for months as crazy theories started coming into the police station. Everything from human trafficking to alien abductions. Susie's, Susie's best friend, Nigel Holdenberry, said she believes her theory is, quote, for there not to be anything, a sign of struggle, anything like that, I really just feel like this person knew them. They had some sort of knowledge of who this person was or someone came in the door, end quote. For this to happen and someone to storm in their house and not leave things in a mess or Things in a mess, even though things had been clean, there was no signs of struggle. Police thought it could be somebody in the military, and this is when Robert Craig Cox, who was an army ranger and a soldier, was now a suspect. He was highly trained and was thought to be responsible for the murder of a 19-year-old named Sharon Zellers in Florida. Why was he not in prison? He had been convicted and sentenced to death, but the verdict was reversed. And it was reversed because there was not enough evidence. He did, however, serve nine years after abducting two women. But you may be wondering, what does Florida have to do with Springfield, Missouri? And why do they think this man is involved? Well, I just assumed he was in the area, but maybe he wasn't. (laughs) No, he was. And he coincidentally worked at the same dealership that Stacy's dad worked at. Not to mention the history of kidnapping people and the conviction of being a brutal murderer, even though he was cleared of that. Rob had moved. (laughs) I just have to put that in there. I know. I know. (laughs) For liability. Rob had moved to Springfield only a few weeks before the girl's disappearance. Okay. All of these were enough for police to bring him in for questioning, where Sergeant King said, quote, a lot of things that he said just didn't add up, end quote. His girlfriend had given him an alibi saying they were together at church. So police continued to chase other leads while still keeping an eye on him. Plot twist, though, because he soon got arrested again, this time in Texas. Why, you may be wondering? For kidnapping? Aggravated robbery. Oh. Um, and then at this point, his girlfriend is he now... He just sounds like a bad egg. Yeah. At this point... His then-girlfriend is now recounting her alibi because she said she had no idea where he was the night of the girls that the girls went missing. I just feel like I don't care who you are. I don't care if we've been together for a long time. I would be too scared to give somebody an alibi if I wasn't with them. I would be scared of them right. also. Yeah. So I'm surprised that she was brave enough to be like, oh, yeah, we were at church together. And, I mean, if they were at church together... Unless it was like, oh. A bunch of people should have seen them. Well, I'm trying to think. The one church we used to go to, like the mega church down there, James James Dean. That's not right. I have no idea. James River Assembly of God, I think, is the giant mega church down there. If it was like one of those, I could see. But like pretty much any other church. So somebody would have seen this Exactly. Person. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're in the same room, I don't know. However, um, she said that she had no idea where he was the night the girls went missing. Also, one more thing. They were at a party until the middle of the night. You're telling me that you went to church in the middle of the night? No. Sorry, but you weren't at church in the middle of the night. That is a very good point. Yeah. And that's I didn't a think crazy about that. alibi. In- <laughs> investigating Heather. Investigating Heather. I pay attention to the details. Yeah. I'm um, just saying, like, that's kind of a weird alibi because if 
Cheryl had talked to her friend at nighttime. Then we knew that Cheryl was there at nighttime. And the girls were obviously at this party until the middle of the night. So then they went home. And then in the morning, they were gone. So when were you at church? You know what? When the detective guy that said he talked to him and he was like, his stories really didn't add up. That probably... That... That probably was You're what right, didn't detective add up. guy. Right. <laughs> the story doesn't add up. No, but I didn't even catch that, and I was writing this down. <laughs> um, very good catch. Make it make sense. Literally. Um, however, he's still apparently serving time in Texas, though this is where it gets more interesting. Okay. Because this is when Dennis Graves, a reporter for Crime Watch Daily Springfield affiliate KY3TV, decides to go to Texas on a hunch. He initially went to see if Robert had any other information on the missing women, and instead he gets told that they're dead, with Robert saying, quote, I know that they're dead. I'll say that. I know that. I just know that they're dead. That's not my theory. I just know that, end quote. When the reporter tries to get more information, Robert says that he's not giving any other information until his mom passes away, which is weird. According that to- That is so strange. Right. According to Springfield Police Sergeant Todd King, while Rob has never been ruled out as a suspect, his multiple statements keep him listed as a person of interest. However, nothing can be set in stone. Next, let's talk about a journalist named Kathy Bayard. I hope I'm saying that right. Kathy is a freelance journalist in Springfield, Missouri, who was in the area at the time that the girls went missing. She wanted to do everything she could to bring justice to them and even got a tip that the women were buried under the hospital parking structure, which at the time of their disappearance was a dirt lot. When she brought up this information to police, they pretty much laughed at her, and according to her, this didn't stop her. Kathy then hired someone who had a high-tech radar scanning thing um, that they were able to see through concrete and highlight if there was anybody buried there. Highlight if there was anybody buried there. When he came, he was able to get two images, one area, oh, he was able to get two images in one area and another image in an, uh, another area, which adds up to three women. According to this- That is scary as can be. Mm-hmm. According- what kind of image? Well, like, I think it would just be a blob, you know? Oh, okay. Like, I don't think, I don't really know how they work out, um, uh, I, the only the only thing I know about these is one of my friends who, Bob Mata, if you want to look him up, he has his own podcast covering um, John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> he has a podcast covering him, and he, he, talked to, he talked to me a little bit about the technology, but he didn't really go into detail how they work. I just know that they're really expensive and really hard to get somebody to come out there and scan things. Yeah. Um, but the man said that, what he saw was exactly what he sees when he goes over old graves. However, police said that their timeline just doesn't add up because the parking garage didn't start construction until a year after the three went missing. I'm not sure I would assume that, just like the construction going on in my subdivision, that the builders moved dirt and they would have unearthed any graves or that were there or anything like that. The police went by this theory, but... I mean, that makes sense to me. Right. You know what I mean? Because if you're building a parking structure, you're going to need the structure to go a little bit into the ground to make oh, yeah. sure that it's, like, nice and stable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would think that if somebody had been buried there when it was a dirt lot, 
that they would have accidentally come across them. Oh, yeah. And, like, what they're doing in my subdivision, they're tearing stuff up. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because you have to dig, like, a pretty deep hole. Right. I would just be shocked. Well, yeah. So, but honestly, who knows? Um, I'm not saying it's impossible. I would, but I would be shocked. Right. Uh, According to Kathy, she believes that their bodies are under there, and she believes they were killed before the morning, and that Susie or Cheryl were the target, and that Stacy was just collateral damage. Unfortunately, though, she won't talk about what she believes or the motives, but she does say that she knows but she's not going to tell anyone because she says that their story doesn't she said their story does need an ending and that's why she did the interview but she also said since she does still live in the area she's afraid for her safety which is understandable she said that there there's been multiple threats and she's been advised to quote leave the case alone though she wouldn't say who's threatening her she did say that she refused to leave she does refuse to leave this case alone until she's able to prove who is responsible. She said, quote, there is something very dark in the story, something super frightening when you get down to it. I am frightened. Uh, <laughs> who, of who you trust, just be very careful. There is a reason this case hasn't been solved, end quote. According to police, they say that they believe some of Kathy's tips are from psychics, but they welcome any lead that anyone has. They also have a room dedicated to this case, and they have received nearly 10,000 tips over the last 25 years, which I I don't know if they consider these rooms, because we talk about a lot of cases that have whole rooms dedicated to That's it. That's what I'm, I was getting ready to say that. Like, how big are these detective places? Right, and I'm wondering if there's just, like, a little cubicle, because, <laughs> like... Yeah, and I guess I'm imagining, like, you know, when they have, like, the pictures with the, the pens. Strings, yeah. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm imagining when they say they have something dedicated, but I just can't, I cannot imagine that they have, like, 25 rooms. Right. Dedicated to specific people. But maybe they do. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I know our police department isn't big enough for that. That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't seem like it would be big enough. Right. Um. Maybe we're all super wrong. And police stations go, like, three levels deep in the ground. They could. I don't know. They very well could. I'll have to. Maybe. Two secret levels. They have received nearly 10,000 tips over the past 25 years. Sergeant King said, quote, It's a reminder that ladies, it's a reminder that the ladies are still missing, and we need to be diligent in what we're doing in hopes of finding them, end quote. He also said that he would love to be able to let Stacy's mom know what happened and to be able to solve a 25-year mystery. However, Stacy's mom, Janice, said that she does believe the girls are deceased, but since she doesn't have the remains or any information, that for sure tells her she has to believe that they're still alive and well. Any information you may have about the case can be sent to Springfield Crime Stoppers at 417-869-TIPS. And I will say, I didn't write this down, which I thought I did, but I did try to Google if that one guy's mom was still alive, and I couldn't find that she oh, died. Oh, bad egg. Yeah, Rob. Rob. Rob the bad egg. Yeah, I uh, couldn't... Last I heard that she was still alive, but I couldn't find anything recent. However, I didn't see anything else about him saying anything else, so... Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's really odd to say anything about it at all if you had nothing to do with it. And like I said, why were you at church... In the middle of the night. That's right. like such a terrible alibi. If you wanted an alibi for somebody to believe that you were there in the middle of the night, you would say, oh, I closed on the bar. You know what I mean? Right. 
But then they would or, just go to the bar and be like, have you seen this guy? And they'd be like, no. I know, but they could do that with the church. True. And then also, like, the girlfriend, I feel like you can also just be like, oh, no, me and my girlfriend were at home that night. You know what I mean? Right. There are, like, easier things to explain than to say, oh, it was at church at 2 a.m. Right. Yeah. It's just, I just it's have a, never been to a 2 a.m. prayer vigil. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy case. But we do hope that, you know, one day um, it will be solved and at least oh, hopefully before her mom passes um she can get some answers yes um, i'm worried about stacy's mom i'm also worried about janelle yeah because i feel like she's definitely beating herself up yeah and i mean t- who knows if the answering like if the voice messages they were getting were in connection um you I have feel like to prank, wonder though i feel like prank calling was very more common then when everybody had house phones but, know, but still still right for them to continuously call and also like at the exact same time that they just all went missing. I wonder if they and if they didn't, um, Sergeant King, maybe listen to this and take some notes. But I wonder if they couldn't get a voice, um, like a voice recording from that Rob guy and have Jan- uh, Janelle listen to it to see if, if it was she- the same person. Right. I mean, yeah. obviously not maybe they didn't because it was a little bit after i don't know uh you know but i don't want to say condolences because we don't know Mm -hmm. um but you know i just want to say that i do hope that one day oh this is they're known as the springfield three by the way it's a very well-known case um cold case well you know i don't know right um but but, yeah that's this is hard mm -hmm. we hope that one day Stacy, Susie, and Cheryl's family and friends and loved ones are finally able to get some closure on their disappearance, yeah. whether it be a good outcome or um, the one that nobody hopes they get. Uh, it's a very sad thing. And I will say it's a little creepy that that girl's like saying that people are like threatening her and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're those people, don't come for us. Please. That freaks me out. I think that's decently common, um, actually. Yeah. Well, and I will say, I don't really, she wouldn't say, like, where she got anything, but then she kept, like, she did an entire interview about it. I know. I'm sure that she has some great information, and I don't want to discount her, but I think it's kind of odd for her to be like, oh, I know some information, but I'm not going to say anything. Right. Like, I'm sorry, you're a journalist who's, like, dedicated your time to this, and you're not willing to share the information that you found. Right. I feel like it's a little bit rude. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Especially, like, to Stacy's mom. Mm-hmm. Like, if you know anything, I feel like you should be openly sharing any information you have at all with Stacy's mom. Or at least the police. Right. Well, it did say that she did share some stuff with the police. Yeah, and I know that they said that she likely used psychics or whatever, but still, I mean, as long as you, like, cite your sources, I feel like it's really rude and i i know that keep stacy in the loop they can't right and they can't just go and like tear up like a multi-million dollar parking structure like i get that maybe at least what they could have done is had their own team go go and look yeah but i do think it's worth checking out but like i said i would be surprised because the like the depth that a person would be able to dig i think you know the machinery would dig deeper than that to build the parking structure right you know Mm mm-hmm so, I don't know. And, I mean, I don't know what that parking structure is like, but a lot of parking structures have a level or two below 
ground level, Mm -hmm. you know? And if it's like that, I mean, the parking structure is definitely deeper than a human would dig a hole. Right. For if somebody, you know. And I didn't look it up, but. Ended up murdering them and burying them. I just feel like, I just don't feel like it would make sense for them to still be deeper than the parking structure. Well, and like what I'm thinking is like, you know, when you're in like Chesterfield or whatever, they have parking structures. I don't know if they're that common in Springfield. I For mean, hospitals, though, I feel like they are. You think? Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of hospitals have parking garages. That makes sense. Even if it's only, like, two or three levels. Right. I'm just thinking of, like, Battlefield Mall doesn't have a parking structure, and I'm like, have I ever seen a parking structure in Springfield? But I'm sure they're there. But I don't know. I guess because she said structure. Because I was like, well, maybe it's a parking lot. Yeah, and it might but be. She but she said parking yeah, structure. It makes me feel like a parking garage. Right. I don't know. But anyway, um... Yeah, so thank you, Caitlin, for suggesting this case. I'm slowly but surely getting through all of the suggestions, and we're sprinkling some other stuff in between them. And I, I mean, obviously, it's terrifying that people just go missing in the middle of the night. Like, that's so scary to me. And I can't even imagine what their family and friends have gone through and, like, the community has gone through. I feel like it always sucks when you don't know who to go after. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, I feel like that one guy is just like really suspicious to me because, well, first off, his girlfriend retracted their alibi, but their alibi never made sense in the first place. Right. And he had literally just moved there a couple weeks before and he'd been convicted of kidnapping. Convicted of murder, but had that retracted for legal purposes. The kidnapping stayed, right? Yeah. I think that was the one he spent nine years. Yeah. So the kidnapping stayed, which these ladies were likely kidnapped, and he had momentarily been charged for murder, but then it got retracted because there was a lack of evidence, which Mm -hmm. seems similar to this case, unfortunately. So, I mean, if I were a detective, I'd definitely be looking at him too, Mm -hmm. which I'm not a detective, but if I were, he seems like I would be the one, like he'd be the one that I'd be looking after. And then for him to say... Well, I know they're dead, but I'm not going to tell you why I know that. But I know that they are. It's not, I don't just think that. It's not just a theory. Like, I know that they're dead, but I'm not going to tell you until my mom dies. Like, what a strange thing to say. Which, I like I've said before, I know a lot of people that are in prison are like, they say whack stuff anyway because they have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. But still, it's a really strange thing to say. (laughs) And I'm trying to think back. I want a I want a mini episode on the girl's boyfriend. Yeah, because these ones, well, these ones are always hard, because yeah. you would say, oh, like you know, DNA evidence if they found it on the body, but there was no body, mm-hmm. so it's not like they have very much to go off of. Yeah, it's so sad. I feel like it's so hard too because, like you said, Stacey's mom is like, yeah, I I realize that they probably aren't alive anymore. No closure. But I can't, like, I have to believe that they're alive. Right. Like and I can't know, even imagine going through that. Who knows? I mean, maybe, I mean, that would be like a crazy That would crazy be wild. Case, but if they just like came back from Mexico, they were like, oh yeah, we went on this vacation for 25 years. Yeah. We lost our visas. I don't know. Couldn't find a phone. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, hopefully whether, whether it's good or bad, hopefully one day um, they get justice mm-hmm. for whatever happened to them. 
And um, yeah, I agree. Uh, so that was the case of the Springfield Three. Okay, well, thank you, Caitlin, mm-hmm. um, for suggesting this case. As always, I had not heard it. Um, please give us a like and a follow and a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts or Stitcher and some other smaller platforms if you prefer. If you haven't already, make sure you follow our TikTok and our Instagram and join our Facebook group. We're going to post our shirt giveaway soon, so be on the lookout for that. And we will catch you guys next Thursday with another episode. All right. Bye. Bye.